The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 199 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Amy Eisner. The Natty Hattie Part 2. All right. I'm Luke Lipinski. Gentlemen, let's start, start now. Because we kind of recorded the first five minutes of the podcast and then didn't. That was like 20 seconds Whatever. of the podcast we recorded. Can I give a shout out to Birdo at Dutch Brothers at 12th Street in Glendale for supplying the drinks today? Also a hockey fan and a fan. Did you give him a cowbell? Well, I didn't give him the cowbell. You know, he's got to be uh, he's got to be indoctrinated into the podcast a little bit. He says he's going to start listening, so uh, I'm testing him right now by, you know, I just gave him a shout-out. We'll know next time I pick up coffee. I told you, I heard, I don't remember what show it was, somebody giving Stan Bowman a shout-out for doing a good job winning three cups and then setting the team up to rebuild quickly. Give me their names. (laughs) And their home address. All right, we've got two Game 7s. We do. Coming up. One of which we're all excited about. (laughs) And the other is Dallas-St. Louis. Do we want to start, I guess let's start with the Bruins and Columbus. Um, and let's start with Columbus because they're done. So, okay. the answer was no. it worth it? No, oh. it wasn't. And, and No! The question, I, before I completely finished, was was it worth it letting Jamie in the building today? My answer didn't change. Okay. Good. L- look, I, I, I've been saying all along, once they decided to not move Bobrovsky and Pernier at the deadline, that they had to at least get to the conference finals for this to even be considered a break-even. To even be considerate that. They didn't. And it was a great story beating the Lightning. That's, that's awesome. They finally won the playoff series. They got that monkey off their back. Their friend will be worse off for it in the next few years. And nobody remembers a second round exit in a season or two. It Correct. doesn't matter. A second round exit doesn't mean anything. Correct. And you, you lost out on getting likely high-end assets for Panarin and Bobrovsky that could have set your team up to go back to the second or maybe third round in future seasons. So, sure, you get the monkey off your back short-term, but you've lost out significantly long-term. And I think that was always what the... We're going to end up winning the cup, then great. Then it was the right decision. But if you don't, you're going to regret it. Yeah, and I've seen some analysis saying that, you know, you want your GM to go all in when you think you have a chance. Well, okay, you want your GM to also be realistic. Did you really think you had a chance? And this was a crazy year, so no, nobody could have predicted what happened in the first round. So Columbus, I guess you could argue, had a chance. But again, they still bowed out in the second round. And I think three years down the road, when people stop looking at the excitement of what the Blue Jackets did, and they realize we lost those assets for nothing, and oh, we're not doing anything in the playoffs now, then they'll be able to judge this more objectively than they probably are right now. And that's the point. There's no way coming into this postseason that you could have thought that Columbus was any better than maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the East. There's just no way you could have made that argument. And sure, they beat the team that was number one in the East. Okay, I understand that. But you have to know what your team is going in and when to make those moves. And again, you want your GM to go all in when you're about to win a cup. They They were not a team on the precipice of winning a cup. You, you, you know when that is. You know when you're one piece away. We talk about that because it's talked about a lot with the Coyotes at times with who they trade for. It's very important to know where you are on the program. I don't know. Craig, Craig is holding his coffee to the side of his head. You know, that's not how you drink it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I thought it would just absorb through the membrane. It's, it's very important to know where you are in your progression timeline because you can actually make mistakes by adding or not moving if you do things too early. And that's yeah. what happened here. But they were, so I would say going in, they were the fourth best team in the East, or you could make a very strong argument that they were at the time. And two of the three teams in front of them lost. So saying they're better than Toronto then? 
No, I'm saying Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston. Okay, I guess what about Washington? fifth Washington. best. Okay, so fifth best. Fifth I, best. I would put them even with Washington. That's what, I wanted them to play Washington in the first round. Um, I guess it didn't really matter. I, I hear what you're saying, that down the line now they're going to pay for this, and I don't disagree with that. Not so much for going out and getting Matthew Shane. I don't have a problem with that. You didn't, it's not like you gave up the world to get him. Ryan Dezingle did literally nothing. I didn't understand that trade. He had yeah. one goal in the entire playoffs mm-hmm. and no assists. But not getting something for Panarin. I think that's the only one that really stands out to me. I like that they did it. I've kind of liked it all along. You're right. At the end of the day, we're going to look back in three years and say they won one series. Who cares? I know they care in Columbus and they beat Tampa, so it's a big deal. And I like that. They care right now. Yeah. I like, but it's their first series win ever. I like the mentality of going for it. I also think that this is completely overlooked. They have a ton of cap space. So it's, I don't think they're going to be destroyed by this. The one, though, the one that, that's tough to get past, because I don't think they could have traded Bobrovsky really for anything thing is Panarin. They could have got something good Panarin. for Panarin. I, I still think they could have moved Bobrovsky. But I, I mean, think there's a team out the there like Colorado. Them, I mean, well, for the sake of getting players back that are going to play for your team in the future. Well, but that's two different but, things. But, just saying like, just that we did move him and got three prospects that will never play or actual pieces. Because well, Panarin, you would have got, got pieces. You well, you would have got better pieces for Panarin for sure, but you would have got something for Bobrovsky. But here's the, the, the fundamental problem that every organization has. When you have a GM that's on the precipice of maybe being fired, or at least they can see it from where they're sitting. The goals of that GM are now differ from the goals of what the franchise should be long-term. And yes, there's an indication that ownership said you need to start winning now, but this is, what, this is the problem, because you have a GM that has been instructed to try to win now, that is worried about losing his job. It's job security. That is making than, moves to win now. Rather than the welfare of the franchise, yeah. When the reality is for the franchise, two, three years from now, you think that's even the better case off. Here? I completely mm-hmm. agree with you, but do you think that's the case here? I didn't think uh, Kekalainen was in, his job was in jeopardy before the season, did you? Before the season? No. Yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, at the deadline? Yeah. I do I, I, I do did, think there was think... A, a reasonable path to him worried about his job. Even mm-hmm. if it wasn't that summer, it was you're within a year of being mm-hmm. let go. And again, that when you put a GM in that situation, and again, from all indications, ownership, I wouldn't say said it, but hinted at that being a situation of, hey, you better start winning now, winning with this team, this is where mistakes can get made. Well, then do you think his job, I mean, it's not in jeopardy now, but no. how long do you think it is? Because ultimately he, you know, if he was already, if his job was already in jeopardy and then he sacrificed some of the future, however much it is, and they only made it past the first round, doesn't that put him on the hot seat next year? I think, yes, I think it does. I think, okay. and, and his, his, you talk about cap space. Here's, here's the problem. They're Columbus still, so it's hard to attract free agents, especially the high end free agents to Columbus. So there's no guarantee that. With that cap space, you're going to get noticeably better than you were this season. Now, if this team goes, makes the playoffs, and exits in the first round next season, yeah, I think he's in significant trouble at that point because you can look back at this decision now, even if he was under some pressure, you can look at at this decision now and say he did not manage his assets well. The one thing that there's that is the benefit, and, and we're going to hear this all next season. So let's get out in front of this narrative. There is going to be the just get in. Anybody can win. It doesn't matter if you win your division. This narrative is going to be prevalent next season, and especially for teams that are on that cusp of being on the playoffs that are really trying to sell to their fan base that we're something. Just get used to it because this is going to permeate the entire league next year. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I think that. It's a mistake to think yes. that. I, you hear that all the time, and it's one of those lazy narratives. Look, when, when we look back at the seeding, again, we've done this before with the President's Trophy and, and looked at the various seeds. Who wins the cup most? It's usually the higher seeds. I think this season is an anomaly. 
And if you base what you're doing on what happened in this postseason, you might get yourself in some trouble. I don't think we're going to see anything like this happen again anytime soon. Now, it looks like some of the wild cards are going to bow out anyway, but well, one. All, you know, we got all of them past the first round, which is crazy. I don't think we're going to see this again anytime soon. I don't think it's as simple as just getting in. I think, by and large, the better teams win. This is just one of those weird years. And I don't know how many. I mean, Colorado and Columbus were the two we identified as being probably better than wild cards. I mean, I understand they were wild cards and Colorado was the 16th team to get in, but if you just look at their team on April 9th or whenever the playoffs started, that's not those weren't the two worst teams in the playoffs. Those were teams you didn't want to play. But I don't know how many of them would have beat Tampa. I think it really would have taken Columbus or maybe Colorado. I think Tampa beats Dallas or Carolina maybe I don't even. Think Tampa beats anybody. That's true. I you know what, the more I think about uh, that, it, that like, team is just Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and again, maybe. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to take away from Columbus because they won that first round series. I am not trying to take away from them. I'm the just saying the thing is they were down three nothing in the first game and they ripped yeah, it back. In the first period of the first game. Yeah. Like it just But to me, again, this could look completely different a week from now because if you go back to even four months ago. The two teams that have basically been in our list of our small list of cup contenders were Boston and San Jose. Yep. Which here we go. Today is probably the most likely of all the playoff matchups to be in the cup. I think final. Boston's winning the cup. I, I kind of do now too. Uh, even if San Jose survives, they've already played two seven game series. That's that's an older team. They're going to be gassed by the time they get to the cup final. And they just the Bruins. I guess let's transition to the Bruins here. They just don't. They don't stack losses in a row. No. So you may beat them in a game, but they're probably going to win the next one. And if they win game one in the series, you're pretty much screwed. And they may stack two or three wins in a row on you. I just, they are so, I don't even want to say resilient. I mean, this is what good teams do in the playoffs. They're balanced, though. That's why, like, they, they, they have so much talent in the middle of their lineup. And I think that's the bigger separator. We see, again, you have the Colorados of the world that are top heavy. You have Dallas, uh, a Dallas that can be top heavy on offense, so they're playing a, a much different system now than they they did. You worry about teams being so top heavy and struggling there. Dallas Boston has is offense? Just, they do oh. at the top line still. Okay, but it's just to me they just throughout their lineup they don't have many weak points, and I feel like that that's the biggest thing that keeps propelling them forward. Is that they don't when, when no. you look at the great champions. If you if, if Boston goes on to win the cup, when you look at the great champions over the the recent past. I, I don't know that they stack up with any of them, to be honest. No, it's going to be won't. one of the worst cup champs we've seen in a long while. But Since I do Carolina. agree with you that I think they're going to win the cup. But but kind of like the, I hate to make this comparison, but from the same city, like the Patriots in football this year, everybody else just kind of fell apart and they just hung around and, and won the Super Bowl. That's kind of, I mean, also the Bruins, what they have the third best record in hockey this year. Yeah, so I mean, it's, Bruins, it's not like they're a bad team. The, mm-hmm. the Patriots thing, the Patriots have that have a coaching advantage that just, Sets them so far apart from everybody else. I mean, if you watch the postseason, especially the first two games that they played, the Bruins it's just to me they just they don't make many mistakes. An overwhelming team, but they don't beat themselves. And Except if, Charlie McAvoy. Oh yeah, that was bad. That was. Uh, we'll get to that. Well, we can get to it now if you want, because I we don't know how long he's suspended, but I'm assuming he's getting some sort of suspension and for it's, that. I don't know if you. Twitter obviously is a crazy place, but when you looked at, of course, Boston fans did not think there was anything wrong with it, and were saying the shoulder was the principal point of contact. You can watch the replay and slow see that the head was the principal That's, point of contact. But yeah. there were there were writers from Boston said the principal point of contact was the shoulder, and just just watch the replay. Like literally, yeah. everyone else in the nation is saying that's a suspendable hit. So there's not I, a lot of Blue Jackets fans. Like we're all rallying around Columbus here. I exactly. Mean, I mean, just watch the play. That's that's the kind of thing that has to be out of the game. And I don't think Charlie McAvoy is a dirty player. No, but it was no, but it was a dirty hit. Yeah, and he, it was a dirty hit. He raised up into yeah, it. Th- that's the thing too. It's it's that it's that you're sliding it and then you're raising up. 
Like there's yeah. just, to me, he, there, there's no reason for that. I'll give him his skates at least from the angles I saw. Didn't leave the ice, but it doesn't change the fact where he hit. Yeah, hit him it. in the head. So, so maybe it minimizes the suspension. I, what we basically have to realize with the with the the hits like this are a. Hockey's a fast game just because you hit a guy like that. Like, to your point, Craig, doesn't make Charlie McAvoy a dirty player if it's a one-time thing. Sometimes these things just happen. Right. But, but B, he's having a hearing, so... But yeah. B, it's still a suspension. Even if the guy's not a dirty player and if he plays for the team you cover or like. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's not, oh, the other 30 teams all have dirty players, but not my team. My team would never do that no matter what. That was a dirty hit. Yes. I would venture to say Charlie McAvoy realizes that was a dirty hit, and we probably won't see it from him again. This isn't Tom Wilson, who, by the way, isn't in the playoffs. Just wanted to throw that out there. We need like a, a different bell for Tom Wilson yeah. not being in the playoffs. I think with just Boston, you ca- just you list the drop of you cackling. <laughs> well, we'll see how today's show goes. Uh, the thing with Boston for me is that they just are mentally stronger than a lot of the other teams in these playoffs. But I thought Columbus was pretty solid too. I mean, I I, I could see Columbus beating Carolina or beating Dallas or St. Louis, a lot of these teams, Colorado. I think San Jose and Boston are clearly the best teams left, and Boston, to me, is even better than San Jose by a significant amount. I was going to ask you guys about this, and this would have been a lot more potent story angle if Vegas had advanced than they probably should have advanced. But when you look at the trade deadline acquisitions this year, there are a lot of guys that are making their mark. And, the, and, and a lot of times you'll hear GMs say that those, those, those are hit or miss. John Chaik is one of those guys who says the trade deadline is often a, a bad management. But when you look at some of the uh, the players that are having an impact in this postseason, it's again, it's one of those years where it looks like there were a lot of good moves made. Charlie Coyle and and and, mm-hmm. and well, Coyle and Johansson in Boston are two guys that come to mind. I, I don't know what you think think about Derek Brassard's contributions in Colorado. He's not putting up necessarily the. Points, he is physically unable to shoot, put the puck in the back of the net. I don't. I yeah, don't understand. It's weird, isn't it? I don't understand what's happening with Derek Brassard. But Gus Nyquist in San Jose, Matt Zuccarello in Dallas is mm-hmm. having himself a Duchesne, heck of a postseason. I mean, Duchesne yeah. prior to going out, right. and then the Vegas guys who are all playing well mm-hmm. and. Could still be around, yes. if not for a really bad call. <laughs> Vegas, I don't want to go down this path too far, and I don't feel that badly for Vegas because they've been in the league right. two seasons and they went to the Stanley Cup and had a, a really good second season. But they probably would be losing to Boston in the Stanley Cup if if not for that call. And look, they may have beat Boston. I think Vegas was going to the Cup if not for that call. I, I do, do too. The, the more we see it, it just sort of breaking because Colorado. I, I respect what they're doing, and I I'm kind of oddly pulling for them tomorrow because they're a more enjoyable team to watch than San Jose. But they're not as good as Vegas. Right. Uh, let's quickly talk about Carolina so I can put off Dallas-St. Louis for as long <laughs> as possible. All right, that was fun. Let's hey, they on. haven't played in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, is, and, and Craig and I talked about this before. Well, over coffee before you got here, Luke, because you were the last one here. Because um, I was only 20 minutes early? Yeah. Is there any scenario... Realistic that you you can see Carolina beating Boston nope. four to seven. Nope, because I can't. Nope, nope. No. Uh, this I think, is by far the best team Carolina's played. Uh, yeah, that, and that's the thing too. When when you start, start analyzing what what was going on with the, their two opponents, look, you don't, you don't take anything away from Carolina. They did what they had to do and they they advanced, but it's a big step up in competition here. The only I scenario I could come up with is if McAvoy is like suspended for four games or something. Then can't that, imagine them doing that. No, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't that. Agreed. Not four playoff games. I don't think it was that bad of a hit. But if 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 player safety just goes crazy and McAvoy's out for half the series, then spend it for the whole round. Yeah. Then then we're, the then, then we're getting uh we're getting closer. It's not a knock on Carolina. I give them credit for beating Washington. I didn't think Washington played like 
the defending champs at all in that series. They just look disinterested. No, they they played the like Washington plays in the postseason. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Like, last year's the big anomaly. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. Who, who's your X for that series? If, do you have one? To, for me, it's Svechnikov. He's only played five games in the postseason, but he's had an impact when he's been out there. If he can stay healthy, he's a goal scorer, and Carolina is going to need to score in, in this series. Like They're going to need to. Yeah. It's nice putting a million shots on net, but you're going to actually have to put a couple of them in the back of the net because Boston will score on their end. My default answer is always Justin Williams when you get this deep into the playoffs. <laughs> Do you think you're getting to Game 7 in this series? Jordan no. Martinuk. <laughs> I can't. Like, who would Boston's, uh, if, if you were going around, it's pretty clear if Carolina wins. If, if Carolina was, if the Consumers was going to somebody on Carolina right now, it would be Slavin. If it was going to Colorado, it would be McKinnon. If it was going to San Jose, I think it would be Couture. Who would it be on Boston? I haven't looked at this matchup it's yet. Prob- it's they're just balanced. I mean, you guys, yeah. you guys nailed yeah. it. They're they're just balanced across the board. If we exclude post game interviews, it's probably Brad Marchand. <laughs> Pasternak seems to score goals at just the right time, but yeah, I guess it probably is Marchand, which is going to make everybody really happy. All right, let's get over to the West. Colorado and San Jose. This series, to you me, always St. Louis and Dallas always really had to are. go seven games. What's how, how about that Mark series? Edward Lossick? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like two, three years ago, there was some talk about, is this the best defensive defenseman in hockey? Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of fallen off a bit. He didn't have a good season. No, he did not. But he's playing really well in the postseason. Yeah. They, they have like a weird, like they, their record in the postseason, I think this year, like with him on the ice or off the ice, in like the last few postseasons is like a, a crazy. Like they're, <laughs> Way I, to I, bring I, stats. <laughs> <laughs> um, crazy good or crazy, crazy bad? Go, crazy okay. good when he's on the just ice. Crazy, just, just, just crazy. Just crazy. Anything could happen. <laughs> Let me see if I can find comes it. to town. Um, so we're supposed to pick me up, Luke. When did you ever believe that was going yeah, to that's happen? That's true. Uh, I give Colorado a lot of credit for bouncing back a couple different times in these playoffs. I mean, remember, they mm-hmm. lost game one to Calgary. And not that they were going to roll over after one game, but I mean, they, they pushed all the way back. They could have easily been eliminated in this series, I would say, a couple times, really. And they've, it seems like San Jose has figured out some of Colorado's weaknesses. But I gotta say, watching the Avalanche right now, I cannot help but think how good of a job Joe Sackick has done in the last 15 months. Because now it's a team that instead of, it was in a tailspin like a year and a half ago, could still win the Cup this year, has the fourth pick in the draft coming up. McCarr looks amazing on defense already. Like That is a team that's going to be dangerous, should be at least, for a while. What's their cap situation? I haven't even looked at that yet. I was still looking on Columbus's page for some reason. While Jamie looks that up, I will tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> um, well, Broussard comes off the books. Yeah, Colin they're, they're, they're going to have plenty of cap space. Yeah. You know, we, they've done that know, really well. They're going to have to Kill sign. Car is already a, a nice addition and, and looks like a promising piece for their future. Could they go out and make? Could they make a run at Eric? Carlson? I, I was wondering if you were going to go there. I mean, they could. They could. They got to see how much you're going to pay Rotten. I mean, that he's going to. I'm assuming you're going to have to pay him more than eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it next seems year like he's, he's earned like at least a hundred thousand dollars. Look, Nico, we want to do a bridge deal with you. But I mean, you <laughs> do luck. have you do have money coming off the books. Rollamov's five point nine comes mm-hmm. off the books completely. I mean, so you have you had about what ten million dollars in cap space this year, and then yeah. what three seven? It's an interesting team to watch. Man, they could take a big leap forward next year. I mean, they have eighteen million coming off the cap, so you're going to have twenty-five to thirty million dollars. Go after Panarin. No, you're going to have to sign some players. You can you can do a lot of things if you're Colorado. Imagine Panarin on that team. Is Denver big enough for him? This is a team that should make those kind of moves. Yes, because you have the top end talent 
Most of them, I mean, you have Nate McKinnon making $6.3 million. Best contract in hockey. For the next four years. It is not. We, we mentioned that a couple months ago, but it's the best. Uh, 6.3. is, is close, McKinnon, too. Okay. I just want to see Artemi Panarin play with Nate McKinnon. That would just be sick. It would just be yeah, sick. Unreal. Un- not for the rest of the conference, it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> They'd all be sick. We all agree that Connor McDavid is better than Nathan McKinnon, but... Yes, but Nathan McKinnon is the second player. We said this on the last podcast. If I'm picking two players to start my franchise with, one is McDavid, two is Nate McKinnon, and then I think there's a small gap after that. What is it that separates McDavid from McKinnon? Because it's not the speed, I don't think. McKinnon can skate. McKinnon can skate. I just, I, I just I haven't seen any player, even McKinnon, just the skill with his stick like Connor McDavid. Yeah. Just in person watching I, Connor I'm McDavid. I'm not disagreeing. Is, McDavid is the better player if we were drafting yeah, to start. We're the splitting team out of hairs McKinnon. on two elite, no, but that, elite that's, players. That's but. kind of my point is that Nathan McKinnon has gone has come so far in the last couple years that he's not that far behind McDavid. I wonder what people would think about Nathan McKinnon if he came out around the same time as Matthews and McDavid. Because McKinnon was exceptional status. I mean, McKinnon was the guy that was being watched at 14, 15 years old like McDavid was. Yeah. I wonder now that we live in that environment where people went, oh yeah, we had back-to-back generational talents go at the top. I wonder if people would think of him more in that vein if he was drafted in that era versus a couple years prior. I think a lot of people don't even remember that A, he's still very young, and B, he was the first overall pick. He's 23. Um, Pride of Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, like your, oh God. you and your buddy. Thanks, Pierre. What if you flipped these two years? If you could somehow flip these exact two seasons and McKinnon had this playoff run this year and then everything was the same from last year, but now he would have won the Hart Trophy, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you kind of need that exposure in the playoffs? Yes. Because apparently people don't watch hockey when they vote. I mean, this just makes it that much more egregious he didn't win last year. Yeah, I agree. We all voted for him. Some of us didn't have votes, but no, but I'm we still voted for it. I spirit. voted in my mind. Yeah, what player out of the playoffs? They're like they McDavid. hasn't been in the playoffs last. Huh? <laughs> McDavid. <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, McDavid would would be a possible answer. So Other take McDavid out. McDavid. Which player that isn't making the playoffs these last couple of years do you really want to see in there that like could do the most to raise their profile? Leon Draisaitl. And, and and here I'm not, I'm not actually not being funny with this one. Leon Draisaitl was rarely ever funny. That's that's hurtful. Leon Draisaitl was the best center on the Edmonton Oilers team when they were in the postseason a couple of yes, years ago. Yes, he was. I think people forgot that McDavid was okay, wasn't great. Leon Draisaitl was great, and he has taken big steps forward since then. I think Leon Dreisaitl would be considered one of the 10 best players in hockey if he was if he had a long postseason run. I kind of want to see Barkov in the playoffs. Oh, I yeah, think we might that's, that's the guy that I was going to. Yeah. And, and down the road a little bit, Elias Pettersson too. So. Yeah. Um, I would, I'd also say McDavid is more consistent than McKinnon. McKinnon does have games where he's not great. He's still good. He's still dangerous every time he's on the ice. But there is still something that separates McKinnon and McDavid, and right now I guess it's the playoffs. What do you think, Joe Pavelski playing? Game seven, man. Yes. Because he's, he's been skating. I believe he's playing. Yeah. He's been skating with scratches, so yeah, I kind of feel like well, they bring if out he's been doing too. that. I, the, if you're San Jose, you got to bring out everything, because this is probably your best chance to win the Cup for a while going forward, and however many years they've been competitive, it's there for you this year. Mm-hmm. And I... I'm of the belief that whoever gets out of that series, well, I should say this: if if, if San Jose gets out of the series, they should go to the cup. I think both both these either team wins this that goes on to the cup. I, I just I th- maybe St. Louis. Gets I there, think right? St. Louis has played well, but eh. I just think Colorado is more vulnerable to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel yeah, like St. Louis or Dallas could yeah. suffocate Colorado. But if you're San Jose, you should be looking around, saying kind of like Washington should have been looking around. You just like yeah, we could exactly. we could do this. All right, Stars Blues game seven tonight. Luke doesn't care about this. 
But Fort, Matt fortunately, Zuccarello I have a show really good storyline. So I won't have to watch it. I, I wish I could give the person credit because I saw their tweet and I don't remember who it was. But someone said Dallas is just the equivalent of uh, like a musical artist that is re- is pretty good at what they do, but in a genre you absolutely hate. Are you calling Dallas Maroon 5? John Mayer? Is Nickelback. Dallas the John Mayer of these players? <laughs> of that, like, the, and they do a lot of things well. They're Western Conference Islanders with more top-end talent, but I just can't stand watching them play hockey. I just don't want them to keep winning. I, I don't know why. I think you guys are actually the reason I'm so anti-Dallas, because you talked down that Stars-Pred series so much in the first round, and then I kept I mean, to be fair, we were right about that. Do you that? think Matt Zuccarello would be leading the playoffs in points if the Stars could finish? Like, plays? Yeah. Yes. They could, yeah. yeah. He'd, he'd be right there. He's set up a lot of nice plays. That they he's, the, he's their best player, their best skater on the ice right now. He will win the contest when Dallas beats Carolina in the Stanley Cup and everybody cries watching it. So we, we agree that we don't want either of these teams to advance to the conference final, but unfortunately one of them does. Yes. <laughs> and, and St. Louis really gave me another reason other than the fact that I'm a Blackhawk fan and I don't like the Blues. They chose an awful 80s song yeah. that's now their anthem. Yeah. Gloria was an awful 80s song. And it's still an awful song in 2019. There were a it's lot just of brutal, brutally bad song. Awful, by, like songs. Laura Branigan, I think. Who? Right? I don't know. I don't even know if I know that. Do you want song. me to play the song? No. For y'all? no okay. Just, right, please, on. please don't. Uh, I also love how any team Dallas plays gets infected in your guys' mind. Like you were both sort of done with Nashville just because they had to play Dallas. You're both done. Well, you already don't like St. Louis, yeah, so I yeah, cannot. <laughs> I mean, uh, most mostly, uh, they've been harmless over the years. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. Who do you want to win the cup right now of the six teams Vegas. remaining? <laughs> of the six teams remaining. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I would like whoever, to see Colorado. Yeah, whoever wins that series, I would like to see win the cup because San Jose has been around. They haven't won a cup, and they, it's been a really good franchise for a long time. Anyone so that'd be a good story. I should put it this way: anyone but Boston. Well, you might be disappointed in about a month. Anyone but Boston or Dallas. I would yeah. take Dallas. If it's Dallas-Boston, I'll be rooting for Dallas. No, I'll be absolutely pulling for Boston at that point. Yeah, I might too. Can't do um, it. All right, let's uh, quickly get to Ken Holland taking oh, over the Edmonton Oilers. Wow. Yes. For some Whole reason. lot of content on The Athletic, by the way, detailing the challenge ahead for Ken Holland, who clearly uh, didn't really want to step aside in Detroit since he took this mess. I'm sure he was paid well for his, his services, but... He inherited an absolute mess in Edmonton, and I don't know why anyone would want this gig unless they're paid a lot of money. Do you like the hire for Edmonton? This is not really innovative and new. This is kind no. of guys we all know in Edmonton, which is what Edmonton does. What did Ken Holland do in his later years in Detroit? That's the, the that's the problem. Like there's I don't the know. there's the uh, the late years in Detroit. He he left the Red Wings in a, in a mess. Like quite frankly, just an absolute mess. But he was an integral part of the organization as an assistant GM, a head scout, and GM for the build of their dynasty, which yep. I don't I don't believe gets enough credit. He's because people there's this narrative they just walked into the Red Wings and no. they were great that that he wasn't like the assistant GM there forever and then a head scout. So like the, no, a lot of those yeah. players were he yeah, had a hand in taking. Like that's who can Zetterberg yes. so late in the draft is insane. So to me, the issue is is you I don't know you have to find a way. To maneuver your way around the Lucic situation, I don't know how you do it. it I don't know what you have to attach. But it's you, not just that when you look at their. Cap, but that's more, it's yeah, that's the big one. This that's is the like headline take, taking on somebody else's debt. That's what this job is. Well, like. it's funny when you read the stories. Like his first order of business is to fix their cap issue. Well, you can't. Yeah. 
Yeah, I it's mean, not it's, like you can do something. Oh, they need to trade Lucic. Nobody's taking that contract. Nobody's taking it. If he had a year left, maybe nobody's taking that garbage on. No, they're not. But I mean, this this sort of smacks of I want to be a GM, like you said, Craig. And there's only 31 of these jobs, and one of them is off limits to me. My own job in Detroit because we just hired Steve Eiserman, so I'm going to take what I can get. I, I guess the, what you have to do here is you have to find a way to just stabilize them a bit until you get to the lockout. Because, again, I, I'm convinced that it's happening, and I'm convinced there's going to be at least one compliance buyout. Teams are going to I'm not sure even this. one's going to help Edmonton. Yes, it's going to help, but it's not yes, going to fix that. But, if you, but, but again, that's going to be the Lucic. Let's just pretend you, there's nothing you can do with him. Yeah. You have to decide. You, you still have two of the... 20 best players in hockey, including the best player in hockey on your team. You might need to sacrifice your next couple drafts to get these bad contracts off your books. Because somebody will take a bad $4 million contract if you throw in a first. Yeah, You see what I'm saying? Like You might have to make the decision that, you know what, we, we're, our punishment for this bad management from the Shirelli era of bad cap management is where you got to punt the next two drafts, then you punt the next two drafts because if you do that and you, you give yourself the position to add to this team, you can be a contender. And that's the thing. I don't know if Ken Holland... I, I don't know. I don't know if he's innovative like that. I don't know if he's going to come in and think outside the box or if he's going to be more old school. I don't know that old school thinking can get you out of this because I'm kind of with Jamie. You probably are going to have to punt a draft or two and guess what? This year's pick is still a pretty high pick, but you got to start putting actual pieces around Connor McDavid now. Um, Miko Koskinen. That was a good sign. That, <laughs> on that, one, I, that one I just can't believe they let him do. That was like getting kicked out of the house and like knocking over a vase on the way out or something. <laughs> no, He's, handing them a vase to then smash. I, I think it'd be hand, uh, knocking over a vase, not vase? a vase. Yeah, no. Well, it's $4.5 million next year when his contract kicks in. The next three years. Uh, none of the first round. With a no movement clause. Coaches lost their jobs. For Miko Koskinen. Surprised at all while Jamie short going. circuits? <laughs> Uh, mm, no, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I think it would have been a rash decision with John Cooper, even though, wow, how did you get swept in the yeah. first round? It might have been rash, but I, I would say he's on the hot seat next year. You need to deliver next season. But with Babcock, mm, not sure how I feel about that one. Uh, he probably has another year before people start looking at him sideways and saying, you got all this talent and you haven't gotten out of the first round. And, oh, by the way, you... If you go back, what, what did he do in his final years in Detroit, too? I mean, Not it's been much. a long time since Mike Babcock had any playoff success. The next 13 months are so critical for Toronto. Between what they have to do this offseason to maneuver their cap and get their young players signed to the expectations they're going to have next season, regardless of what happens there. Because this has the potential to just implode if these next 12 or 13 months are a disaster for them. All right. I, we have to get out of here, so I want to read three questions, okay? We're going to have to get out of here already? Yeah. You don't want to even give give credit to. Never mind. Who? I was just I, I was going to give a, a couple of more shout outs to the Kentucky Derby stewards who actually know what interference is. <laughs> that was a good call. It was a good call. It was the right call. Was even it? Though a lot of people didn't like it. I, I just didn't like it because it, it pushed into my coverage of hockey. I gotcha. <laughs> okay. And by the way, whoever was running the NHL social media account last night was either unaware of the term original six or they were just trolling Toronto. Did you see this? this no. Tweet? No. We talked about. Only four teams have eliminated more opponents than Boston. <laughs> They've kind of been around a lot longer. So basically you're saying, wow, Boston hasn't been very successful compared to the original, other original six. Or you just say, oh, the one we left out, Toronto. I, I kind of like option, uh, option B there. Okay, quickly. Uh, Gertrude writes in, and this is a great question. Nickelback or Imagine Dragons? Oh, that's tough. Imagine Dragons because they can actually sing live at least. 
I would go with Imagine Dragons because they have some songs I don't hate. I, I can't stand either of them anymore. I can't do Imagine Dragons anymore. They, but, they, they've so overplayed them to death. Thunder is the worst. Oh. It's not even a song. It's the worst sound that humans have ever made. Yes. So I'm going to lean mm. Nickelback. And I, I don't know. want, don't take this NHL as an invitation to have Nickelback play at like the first intermission of game one of the Stanley Cup. It no, I, no means... I agree. I, I can't say the worst sound because like What's New Pussycat exists, but close. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take a remake. I'll take an EDM remake of that over Thunder. Which Please is don't speak such ills. Basically, a, a child with one of those keyboards that makes sounds, just pushing it over and over again. That's I'm just Thunder abstaining is. from this vote. I'm not voting. Uh, this is specifically for Craig, I believe. Carlos writes in, how many waves of 10-year-olds do you think you could take out before you got overran? I don't know. You wanted to answer this. It's an interesting question, Carlos, but I, I think I need a little more information. Are these you know, <laughs> tall Dutch children? Are these small Peruvian children? Um, are they you know, eating well so that they're you know, performing at their peak or are they malnourished i need some more information before i can answer this i so also I'll, I'll invite you to ask the question again next week but give me more details i also need more information but don't want more information i don't know where that question does craig came get a from. weapon do the, the children True. have weapons yeah what's my weapon too and no, what's, what's the weapon? situation stick? paint a picture for me here uh, full goalie gear for craig leonardo writes in which if they just throw oranges at him when he's in goalie gear we, we know he will kill wow, going back to that wow. yes, that's a that's a painful moment that's for a, me. It's a throwback for everybody. Leonardo, which game seven goes to overtime? Probably Dallas, St. Louis. Probably about eight overtimes because no. we all hate it. Well, no, Colorado that would be torture, but San Jose, Colorado, yeah, because Colorado is going overtime. Colorado will score a last second goal like they did the entire back half of the season to send the game to overtime. Even in the playoffs, they've been doing it. And last one from Steven. I feel like a few free agents priced themselves out of the range of the Coyotes for free agent options. I know there are no definite Not answers, <laughs> but how much are the Coyotes likely to spend on free agent wingers? I still like Ryan Dezingle for this team. I didn't hear what Jamie said. Uh, nothing. Um, um, did you say existing? Yes, by existing. That's how they priced themselves out of the Coyotes' budget. That's rude. It, is it inaccurate? No. Okay. Any names? What are they doing in the trade market? That's that's one question yeah. I have. Uh, what's the ownership situation look like? That's another question I have. So it, I, I can't answer that right now. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It More, depends on other factors. It, if you did like Ryan Dezingle, his his completely not showing up for the last two weeks, <laughs> yeah. you know, lower his price a bit. Might be a lot more affordable now. He is yeah. priced to move at this point. Yes. I think you yes. can get a discount on yeah, Ryan but Dezingle. If you're talking about the top guys like Panarin, who's absolutely not no. coming here, or Jeff Skinner, who's too expensive, forget no. those. They're, they're not coming here. Even the Eberleys of the world are probably too expensive. Yeah. That's going to be the name of this podcast, the Everleys of the world. Um, more likely way for the Coyotes to make a significant addition this offseason is trade over free agent. That is Agreed. my opinion, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll get to more questions next week. Anything else before we wrap up, gentlemen? Nope. Cool. All right. For Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to The Natural. What, what, what? How long was this podcast? This was 35 minutes. Is that a record? Uh I don't know if it's a record, but... It's a record for us not losing half the show. In the last... Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple of short episodes that Jamie just deleted because he didn't like him or something. Um, all right. For Jamie again, for Craig, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.